1: And I believe that that's really why you're here
0: Christ died for us History Makers Hi and welcome to History Makers I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with the machine gun preacher Sam Childers How you doing brother?
1: Doing really good Good to be back in Australia And uh Weather's warming up a little bit here where I'm at, so I'm happy.
0: (laughs) Very cool, mate. Now, it is so good to uh, finally have you on the radio. I've been wanting to track you down and have a chat to you for a number of years. Of course, I've been a a big fan after seeing your movie, and I've heard you speak a couple of times. Uh, But for those who haven't heard your story, let's go back to the beginning. Where were you born and raised?
1: You know, I was born in North Dakota. My dad was a half Cherokee American Indian, and uh, so I, I was. I was raised in a born again, spirit filled home. I always describe my mom coming out of the womb speaking in tongues. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I believe my mom only sinned three times in her whole life, and that was when she gave birth to me, me and my two brothers. <laughs> but uh, I was. I was raised in probably the perfect family. They were born again, spirit filled, middle class family. But at a young age, I made some bad choices at a very young age, and and uh, I always describe it. I think it was because, you know, in the U.S. and the secular schools, a lot of kids will want to look up to other kids, usually the older kids that's getting into mischief, you know. And I was watching the older kids and I thought I wanted to fit in. So I started doing things that I would fit in with those older kids and I started smoking uh cigarettes and marijuana at eleven years old. And uh what's so strange is when I was six and seven and eight years old, if you'd have said, Sam, what are you gonna be when you grow up? I'd have told you I'm gonna be a preacher one day. But sometimes we can be fooled by things of life and I started doing uh, smoking dope at 11. By the time I was 12, I was experimenting with alcohol, 13 pills, 14 years old. I'm snorting cocaine, and everybody knows me in school. I became a popular kid, and I'm thinking in my own mind, wow, this is what I wanted. I wanted to be popular. But then when I was 15 years old, I found myself facing a drug addiction, I was shooting up heroin every day. I moved out of my home, quit school. And then I started down a journey of a a path that was just unbelievable. It led me into selling drugs. It led me into crime. Uh, I became a first-class criminal. But then when I was up in my 20s, I was running drugs all up and down the East Coast in the U.S. And then finally, one day, I got into a really bad bar fight. And when I got in that bar fight, I'll never forget, I made up my mind that day, if I make it through this, I'm done. You know, I never said, God, if you get me through this, I'm done. I made up my mind, I'm done if I get through this uh, bar fight. And I left that bar that night, and I made up my mind that I was done. And it was two years later till I walked into a church and said, God, here I am. But the thing about it is, when I walked into a church, I gave my life to Christ. Not my heart, not Sunday mornings, not Sunday night, not once a month, not twice a month. I gave my life to Jesus Christ.
0: And tell us what changed in your life uh, physically after that uh, that night.
1: You know, that was in June of 1992 and i started i started head on serving god and i started uh, i started in the ministry studying to be a preacher and everything and then finally in the fall of 1998 i went on a mission trip and i thought it was only going to be a 5 week mission trip i was going to go to africa i was going to preach under a tree to like 10,000 people and come back to the us and tell everyone yeah i preached to 10,000 people But I went into Africa on a mission trip, and I come across the body of a small child that stepped on a landmine. And when I stood over that child, I said, God, I'll do whatever it takes to help these people. And being honest with you, I never realized what I was saying, but here I am 23 years later, uh, at the end of this year, it'll be 23 years that I've been supporting Africa, working in Africa And I'm still there. I live in Africa full-time. So I made a commitment that day, standing over that body, that I would do whatever it takes. And uh, I'm still there. And and the work has really grew over the years.
0: Well, it's been amazing to see the influence you've had around the world, particularly since the film Machine Gun Preacher came out, uh, featuring Gerard Butler. What was it like having a movie made about your life?
1: You know, if it would have happened all at one time, I probably would have had a nervous breakdown, but it kind of, it happened slowly over the years. Like I was featured on Dateline NBC, a story came out in the U.S. July of 2005. Uh, That's when my life was turned upside down. And then after the Dateline NBC thing, I wrote a book that came out in 2009 And then that's what attracted Hollywood. So everything kind of hit over like a four or five-year period. So it kind of hit me slowly. If it would have been all at once, you know, it probably would have been really, really shocking.
0: And I just think, um, you know, you've you've got a platform. You've got an opportunity to share an amazing message. And, of course, you love to share the gospel. You love to share the good news. But you also like to challenge people to care for the, the last, the least, and the lost, you know, the ones that are doing it tough. Uh, you, yeah. You've exposed the acts of the LRA, the Lord's Resistance Army, and uh, in the movie, and, and in, in your ministry over the years. And you founded the Angels of East Africa, the Children's Village in Southern Sudan. What's life like in that part of the world now?
1: You know, we work in East Africa. Our work has really grew. So, uh, East Africa, we work in Uganda, Ethiopia, and South Sudan. We have eight projects now. Now, five of those projects are orphanages that take care of from little children all the way up to teenagers. But three of the projects is uh, uh, training projects like a commercial farm, and, and we have another project that's a six-story building with uh, a bakery, restaurant, hotels. But why we have these other projects training is most people don't realize if you're in an orphanage in a third world country, you have to leave at 15 years old. Well, 70% of those children end up in prostitution. So I believe there's something we need to do. So we're very big into teaching skills and trades. Because if we're going to go into a country and we're going to say we're there to change that nation, it's not just raising up children to their 15 and putting them out. It's giving them a good education. But then you've got to teach them a skill and a trade. That can give someone a future. When you begin giving individuals a future, then you can stand back and say you're changing
0: a nation. Mm, it's such a great ministry you have, and I know that you're traveling around Australia sharing your message. What's, what's the message that you bring when you get up and speak?
1: You know, I believe uh, no matter where I go around the world, last year I spoke in 27 countries. I believe the message is different every place, but it has the same meaning, and I, I carry a message of hope. I believe that it inspires people to get up and do something. I believe that mission work begins in your hometown. So I'm not, a, I'm not a missionary just coming into your town to preach and get your money. I'm a missionary coming into your town to help to motivate you and all the people around you.
0: You know what? There's probably a lot of people that would come to your meetings to hear you speak because you're the guy that Gerard Butler played in that movie, <laughs> and right, right. you know, you got the look, you got the tats, you got the, you're into Harley Davidsons, you're into machine guns, and all this. You get a lot of these kind of this crowd coming to hear you speak. What's the response like?
1: Usually, one third of the people that come out to hear us or hear me speak are usually on non-church people, unsaved people. So usually out of like 300 people that would show up at a meeting, uh, normally close to a hundred of them are non-churched. So uh, uh, the 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 name machine gun preacher. If you Google me on the internet, the internet says I'm the most controversial preacher in the world, the most talked about preacher in the world. But see if you really know the Bible, Jesus was very controversial also. So. I believe that being controversial will attract non-church people the same way Jesus did.
0: So tell us, what's controversial about you? You know, I believe when
1: you talk about preaching the gospel and you hear about the gun, that makes you controversial right there, (laughs) you know?
0: (laughs) So tell us about uh, the gun. Do do you still carry a gun around when you're getting around Africa? you
1: you know, I own a security company. That's what I do for a living, you know. And to a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians, they say, oh, a gun, a gun, how can you be a man of God? You know, I believe you don't really know the Bible when you say that because the most holiest, godliest thing in that Bible was the Ark of the Covenant but what went before the ark and what went after the ark security mm. you know and unfortunately we live in a world today that all your big people from Joyce Myers to Benny Hinn to to all the big pastors around the world when they're doing crusades right hard all of them they have to have security you know so I own a security company. That's what I do to this day. But not only taking care of people, it's taking care of children as well.
0: Now, Sam, you shared a bit about the conversion experience you had after many years of uh, marijuana, alcohol, heroin, you know, drugs, all that kind of stuff, dealing, alcoholism. Uh, you had this conversion experience, and you know, there might be people listening right now that have actually never heard the gospel, that don't know the good news. Tell us, what is right. the good news of the gospel, and how do people respond?
1: You know, I believe, okay, when I talk about the the word hope, I believe that we all have hope for our life, but most of us can't comprehend the hope that Christ has for us. You know, so I always tell a lot of people, just look into who Sam Childers was. Uh, 30 years ago, Sam Childers couldn't read or write. I didn't go back to school. But when I gave my life to Christ, God started changing things in my life. I got two books that's worldwide. I got a third book getting ready to come out. So God can do miracles in our life. Unbelievable, from teaching you how to read to teaching you how to talk. You know, 24 years ago, I don't know if you knew this or not, but I stuttered every other word. I could not say a complete sentence and not stutter. I never went to a speech therapist. I gave my life to Jesus Christ.
0: Well, it's a great transformational story, and uh, I know that you're going to be travelling around Australia sharing your message, so anyone listening, look it up. Uh, just go and check out, uh, just do a search for the themachinegunpreacher.org is the website. You can see the itinerary there. He's also on Facebook and all the social media. Uh, great opportunity to invite your friends to come and, and hear Sam speak. And uh, Sam, just before we go too, I'm just curious about, you know, you're obviously very busy. You're travelling, you're on the road all the time, you've got all this work that you're doing. Tell us a bit about your personal walk with God. Do you have like a daily devotional that you do? What do you do to spend time with God?
1: You know, I believe, like it says in the Bible, we should pray without ceasing. And I believe that prayer is not just done alongside of the bed knelt down. I believe that prayer is also having a conversation with God. So I believe if you're riding your motorcycle, maybe you're driving your car, maybe you're just riding a bicycle. Maybe you're just walking down the road, you know. We can have a relationship with God, and we can talk to him just like he's a friend. And you've got to remember, he's the only friend that will never leave you, he'll never forsake you. So the biggest thing I say is find a friend in Jesus.
0: Mm, that's good news, mate. Now, if people do want to get involved in your ministry, uh, can people volunteer and, uh, you know, come and join in what you're doing?
1: Yeah, we have people go to Africa all the time. Now, we only allow people to do short-term mission trips first. And then after you do two short-term trips, we will discuss with you to do long-term, which we have a lot of young people in Africa that work with us right now uh, full-time. Uh, so, so yeah, you can. If you just want to support us, you can go to the website, org. You can go to that website, and you can support us on there, no problem.
0: And you also mentioned a third book coming out. Tell us all about it.
1: You know, the third
0: book is titled The The Most Unlikely.
1: But when you open the book up, the full title is inside. The full title is The Most Unlikely Never to Succeed in Life, Sam
0: Childers. Mm, That's great I'm looking forward to that And just before we go uh, You've been out in Australia A number of times now What do you love about Aussies?
1: You know I, I just love the people here I love the atmosphere You know I, I don't care. To, I, I like a country where you're allowed to go out and get a gun and do some hunting. <laughs> but I tell you, as far as the scenery and as far as the people, I love it here in Australia.
0: <laughs> Very cool. Well, it's been great to have you in our country. And I hope many lives are impacted as you travel around the nation sharing your message. Uh, Sam, I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. And God bless.